BizQuick podcast hits on the struggles and advantages of being an entrepreneur. It's for anyone who's made the commitment to burn the boats and not look back. Are you a busy entrepreneur or small business owner trying to do it all? Then this podcast is for you. Corey and Julie will take you through the details of building a strong business. Hit the subscribe button and gear up for another episode of BizQuick Podcast. Hello and welcome to BizQuick. I'm Corey. I'm Julie. And on today's show, we are continuing with the Defeat the Chaos series. We are going to uh, rebroadcast our interview with Chad Felderhoff of, I'm drawing a blank on his business name. Monster Milling. Monster Milling, thank you. Uh, Yeah, so we've got Chad Felderhoff. Um, He was a guest on our podcast, BizQuick Podcast, which you're listening to right now, (laughs) and you knew that already. (laughs) And then we had him on Defeat the Chaos, and and Chad's a... uh, um, He's always for uh, like always provides a good conversation. He he's, really does. He's, uh, he, he's lively. He's knowledgeable. He is always willing to just jump in there and, and uh, talk about whatever we feel like talking about. And so, um, Munster Milling is a dog food company primarily, primarily um, pet mm-hmm. food. Um, and we start that show by talking about how I ate some of his dog food because it's all human grade, I guess. Prime grade A? I don't, I don't know. It's safe for humans to eat. It's, it's not good. Safe. Yes. I'm going to be honest. It's not very good. Not as a human, but not probably as a as human. A, dogs pets yeah. probably love it. Sure. Well, obviously. Yeah. I mean, like they just, well, I can't remember, but ridic- he talks about it on the show, but like they just increased their production by a significant amount. They really did, yeah. Um, recently over the past, uh, I don't know, six months, year or something like that. Yeah. So they're doing very well. Um, so obviously dogs like the dog food. Yes, yes. They recently took on an equity partner. He talks about that. And um, he introduces a word that we're both familiar with, but we'd never heard used in a business context before. Frothy. Yes. Do you remember that? I do now. Yeah. Yeah. Frothy. What What? What did that mean? I, I'm, you're going to have to tune in to listen. Yes, because... I want to tease that. That's <laughs> yes. what's happening here. I know wanna, what it means, yeah, but so I why? <laughs> well played. Yes. Well yes. played. Uh, yeah. So you're gonna have to listen to the interview if you want to know what frothy means from a um, business perspective. Exactly. I think of frothy. I think of beer. Yeah, beverages mostly. Yeah. Uh, the ocean can get frothy. The ocean coffee can be frothy. Well, that's a beverage. It is. Yes. Oh, Why do you always have to be speaking right? Speaking of semantics, so we're going to go back to... Um, Let me uh, guess, Cabo? Yeah, but that conversation that I had with that business partner who uh, insulted my manhood or, or attempted to, um, <laughs> yeah, go check that out, everybody. I don't even remember what we talked about it on, but probably multiple things. But anyway... Defeat the chaos, yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I'm talking to him about how he delivered the project basically four weeks behind schedule, almost a month behind schedule. Yeah. And and I said, and that is like, I don't know, $200,000 in revenue that we didn't get because he was four weeks behind. And he was like, yeah, but you got to understand that income is different from revenue. And I was like, that's why I said revenue, because I know what I'm fucking talking about. <laughs> and you know what revenue is used for? Paying for costs like salaries and rent and utilities and all of that stuff that we're paying right now out of pocket because we don't have revenue. Don't you pay your um, rent to him? One of his companies, yes. 
But it's like, yes, I know what I'm talking about. And that's why I used that particular word because it was the correct word to use. What a douche. Anyway, back to Chad. Not a douche. Chad's a great guy. Chad is a great great guy. (laughs) Chad is really a great guy. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. One of the things that he talks about since you're, you know, talking about having such a really good working relationship with one of your partners at Gabo is the thought process and the decision making that they had to go through when they decided to take on an equity partner. Yeah. An equity investor and what that meant for them. And that I think was uh, like, I think there was a lot more emotion that went into that decision than a lot of other businesses because it was a fourth generation family owned business and they were bringing in outsiders basically into the family. And, and that I think not only like, do you have to think about, does this financially make sense? But like, what is this going to do to the business? And when you are bringing on partners or changing a business at all, you have to think like, how's that going to affect the culture? Because now you've got other people that you need to consider that you didn't have to beforehand. Right. They have decision-making power. They can say things. And, you know, in our first interview that we did with Chad, when he was the first time he was on BizQuick, um, he talked about when he had to fire his mom. <laughs> yeah, that's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, it was such a fun and funny conversation, though. But, you know, so you're you, – he's clearly a very good business owner, right? Because these things that are very difficult to do, he's doing them. They are executing on them. Like firing your mom cannot be an easy thing to do. No. Can you imagine firing your mom? No, absolutely not. Like um, my brother came by um, the restaurant the other day and he was talking about like, you know, so obviously for anybody out there who doesn't know, my mom died a few years ago. Um, and he was like, man, just imagine if mom was around right now. Like she would just bring be bringing in all sorts of random decorations and you would have to have those difficult conversations with her like – Thanks, but no thanks. This doesn't belong in the restaurant. Like, <laughs> I'll just come by and water the plants for you. It's like, mm, they're all fake. So <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. That's funny. I know. I, I think, I, so funny story. Um, I'm pretty sure that if I, you know, my mom was like queen of the silent treatment, right? Just like, she'd ice you out, man. She could ice anybody out. But then if someone that she didn't want, she didn't want somebody to know that she was icing other people out if they entered the room. She was like, oh, hey, hi, how are you? It's like, how on earth do you do that? But I see that I have that skill. I have that skill. And go ahead. Well, no, I'm just thinking. I'm, I'm, I'm just uh, remin- I'm not reminiscing, trying to like, just th- looking back, but go on. So she, I, I can't imagine if I had to fire my mom, how... Iced out, I would have made. You would never have another conversation with her ever again. Probably not. Yes. Probably not. Yeah, I would have definitely been iced out. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, my mom, uh, she wouldn't ice you out, but she would just start talking very quietly all the time. And it would drive you fucking insane. And it did exactly what it was supposed to do, is to get you to stop whatever it is that you're doing or apologize or whatever. Um, so, yeah. Uh. Yeah, nope. I my my mom would just literally go. She could go months without talking to you. Months, yes, months, maybe years, and it didn't. It was so uncomfortable. You weren't even gonna try. 
I, I mean, there's probably like five Christmases in a row I didn't get invited to. <laughs> I got iced out hard. Wow. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, let's ice this conversation. Let's and do it. Uh, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, you'll hear the, uh, the interview with Chad Felderhoff of Munster Milling on Defeat the Chaos. With so many things competing for our attention these days, efficiently acquiring and retaining customers is critical for small businesses. And that's why we launched Certivium, the newest business from the SB Pace team. Certivium is a business created specifically for entrepreneurs who need a hand with customer service, customer engagement, and social media management. We are an affordable option that any small business looking to grow needs to help maintain the most important part of their business, their customers. Find out if Certivium is right for your business at certivium.com. Right, and welcome back to the show. Maybe, I don't know, I think we're having a little audio issue over here, but welcome back. We've got Chad Felderhoff on, and he is uh, one of the owners of Munster Milling in Texas. I forgot where, but we can find that out from Chad. How are you doing today, Chad? Doing awesome, Corey. How about yourself? Doing well. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, so we had Chad on the show um, a while ago on our podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, on the podcast. Yeah. yeah this within was, our first six months. Yeah. We did, yeah. Um, and we talked about his company. They make dog food. And mm-hmm. um, as Julie stated, I, I tested the dog food because it's all human grade food. And so I ordered some and I cooked it up and yeah, it tastes like dog food. Yeah. <laughs> Chad, was very, Chad was very memorable because he told some great stories about being in a family owned business and um, having to fire his mom, which was um, I wrote actually a very funny story, but I know you've had some big things happen since we last talked to you. So let's, let's just kind of give a little bit of a, a timeline of what's been going on with you, Chad, and, and um, why we brought you on the show. Cause we really wanted to talk about the changes that have happened in your business and what that has looked like for you to get from where you were to where you are now in the company. Yeah, so I forget Julie when we when we last spoke. I think it's probably been two years ago, maybe even three. Uh, no, about about eighteen months. Eighteen months. Okay. See, time flies when you're having fun, right? <laughs> <laughs> so no, it we uh, we're a fam a family owned business. We were fourth generation. My brother and I. We bought our parents out. As you as you talked, we we kind of had to fire our parents. So that's always fun. But then. Um, Long story short, we we continued to grow and and hit the gas pedal as hard as we could. Um, and here recently, about six, uh, yeah, it's been about well, probably but closer to five months. Five months ago, we brought on some equity partners to to really help scale our business. So it's it's been an interesting journey going from a fourth fourth generation only family owned to uh, bringing some equity partners in, but uh, they. It, it's kind of capital needed. And it's interesting because you can hear entrepreneurs and hear people complain about it or talk about it both ways. Never bring a partner on. And sometimes bringing a partner on is the best thing you can do, right? Yeah. Well, what was that decision like process, that decision making process like for you and your brother as you were deciding if you should bring on an equity partner? Because in essence, you're giving up some control of this 
I assume you gave up control, some control of your family owned business. Yeah. So basically the pet space is, is really frothy right now. So pet, pet categories, um, private equity guys have been, have been making moves into the pet industry for probably the last four or five years. There's big returns there. Um, and so we, we continually were getting calls. Hey, we want to buy your business. We want to partner with you guys. We want to do something with you. And so long story short, we put a number down on a napkin and said, if somebody's willing to pay us this for it, fine. <laughs> like let's, if they're willing to give us this valuation, okay, we'll sit down and talk to them uh, and figure out what it looks like. And so then it, then it pretty much um, turned into, you know, it's kind of like putting your house on the market um, and not having another, another house out there, but you just you put your house out on the market, see what kind of bids it brings in. And then you figure out if you really want to sell. It. Um, and, you know, so it's, it's a double-edged sword. Uh, we got multiple offers in and, and we talked to multiple companies uh, just from a general sense. That's what, that's what you do. Right. And so we talked to multiple different PE firms some numbers were higher, some numbers were lower, equity portions were different. You know, it, it's an algorithm almost. Um, and then you have to also play with what are, what are these people going to be like as partners? What are they going to do? How are they going to help us? And are they just, do they just want to get in the industry or do they actually want to help us? And so we found some great guys that uh, know human food very, very well. Um, They've partnered with Nutrisystems and Kettle Cuisine and, and a lot of those. And they actually happen to be local to Dallas, which was pretty unique as well. So, um, you know, it, it all kind of worked out. In a, they seem to be really great guys and, and great partners so far. What was the, the interaction like when you were working out the, the operating agreement, essentially? Because you're giving up equity in the business and they're going to bring something to the table, depending upon what it is that you need. So it's, uh, it's almost like a, a, a realistic version of Shark Tank. And I know that Shark Tank is real in the sense that they do give real money and there are some success stories, but it's all, there's a lot of show going on there. There's the, you know, all right, I'm going to give you this much percentage of the business. And a lot of times with Shark Tank, they're just giving them money. They're not helping them with anything, but in the real world, you, I mean, if all you want is money, you can go to a bank. And you don't even have to give up equity. If you're looking for that that growth, then you're looking for a partner who's going to provide something to your business, whether that's experience or a network or whatever. But you need to hammer all those details out in the the ownership, the operating agreement, because if not, then it gets really muddy. And now you bring these people in who want to start changing parts of your business that you don't want to change. That doesn't you know that doesn't make sense for you. It's not on brand. It doesn't fit with the culture, et cetera. Um, and that's where a lot of arguments happen between partners because you bring somebody in and they have this idea, but it's like, well, you got to stay in your lane according to the operating, uh, operating agreement. So can you walk us through what that was like? Yeah. So, you know, it, it was a lot like Shark Tank in an essence of either you want to do a deal with Mark Cuban or you want to deal, do a deal with Kevin O'Leary because you know their personality, Right. Um, so a lot of the operating agreement was based on personality reference checks 
just talking with other people that have done deals with them. So the the group that we partnered with, they typically do family founder businesses. Um, and honestly, they they didn't want to run the business, right? And so, you know, yes, you can go to the bank and get all the money you want conceivably, but in an asset heavy uh, business like we are. So we were, we were looking at <clears throat> putting in three more freeze dryers. The freeze dryers are a million bucks a pop. Um, we already had five. And so basically we had tapped out the local banks and we could have probably gone and got more debt, but then it's a debt to equity kind of leverage ratio. Right. And so you, you fight this, there's this internal struggle of you can't keep up with your customers because some of our customers were growing at 20, 30, hundred percent. Right. Um, and so all of a sudden you, you really struggle because you can't, as a small business, if you can't grow with your customers, then your customers are going to leave you and find somebody else bigger. Right. So the, the, the equity piece is a, is a, or the capital piece of it was huge because they said, you're thinking too small and came in and brought enough money to put in 20 dryers in a brand new facility. So um, that's not something you could go to the bank and get. I, that's, I, I love what you just said about, you know, if you, you know, outgrowing your, are your customers, if you can't keep up with your customers or get your customers what you need, then they're going to go someplace else. And that's, um, I, th- I don't think a lot of entrepreneurs look at their business that way, right? People look at growth and um, we actually just have had a lot of conversations about this recently where, you know, people, you know, focusing on that, that number, right? Focusing on the revenue growth or the profit growth and not having the systems and, and processes in place to support that number. But looking at it from the perspective of the customer is an entirely different angle that also needs to be considered to say, our, our customers are growing and they have higher demands of us. If we can't keep up with that, we're going to lose them. So how do we, how do we adjust or what do we need to do to make that happen? And I'm curious if that was, was that the tipping point that made you realize we need to get an equity partner or was it a combination of things that you guys came to that made you say, all right, let's, let's take on an equity partner here. Well, like I said, it, it was a combination of things, right? Um, the, the pet food industry was very frothy. We had some great customers that were growing and we knew there was more business to get out hey, there. Ed, real yep. quick. Um, what does frothy mean to you? <laughs> so frothy means that they're paying way more than they should for okay. a business. Okay. Ah, right. yeah. Perfect. So, right. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you there, but uh, <laughs> so real estate, for example, real estate in Dallas is very frothy. You can sell a house in 10 minutes, but it, you can't buy one in 10 weeks because yeah. um, you're always chasing the seller. So it, it's definitely a seller's market. Right. And, and so there, there's big multiples being paid. And the, the biggest thing was, is that that was a, that was part of it. Um, we looked at it as we're a 90 year old company and we're mostly regional branded. Right. And how many 90 year old companies that are still alive are just regional branded? There's not many of them. And they either, they either scale and grow big or they, they kind of just waste into the, you know, unknown. 
the the oblivion, right? And so that's how we looked at it is if we want the Munster name to live on for generations, then and and we want our name attached to it, then then we have to go and we have to go big and we have to scale. And scaling through a bank can be done. And the guys that do it, more props to them, but it's it's really tough to scale in in that manner. Does that make sense? Yeah, it it definitely does make sense. And uh, again, I, like you stated, the amount of money and what you're going to do with it, because the banks banks are very very low risk. They yep. don't they don't like gambling. So if you have a um, if you have a, a solid plan and a slow, consistent way to grow and they can see that they're going to get their 5% return, they're all for it. But if you're making, if you're taking a gamble, if you're really trying to build that business and build it quickly, banks, they don't really like that. So yeah, going with the the PE or an angel investor or something like that is the way to go um, in that process. So a lot of people are, they, they, they love the idea of bringing in, oh, I'll just go get some private equity, but it's not that easy. Like you have to have your systems and processes in place. You have to have your financials, your numbers, like everything. It's got to be attractive to that that uh, investor. And you have to realize that they're taking a risk. So they're getting a bigger cut. People take offense to that. Like, well, I can go to the bank, and get a 5% loan. Yeah, but they're not going to give you any help. And you're, it's a risk. So they're paying for that risk and they're getting it in, you know, in terms of a larger return. So um, when you were courting all of these uh, potential investors, like what were the things that they, like the questions they were asking, like that type of stuff when they were trying to figure out whether or not they wanted to get in bed with you? Yeah, no. Uh, so your numbers have to be airtight. Um, they typically have two to three associates that can run an Excel spreadsheet like nobody's business, right? So they, they'll they put all your numbers, they'll take all your numbers. It, it was a great learning opportunity for us and a great just, uh, yeah, it was, it was awesome because um, you learn more about your business because you have to retro, retro actively look back. Um, they wanna know all the numbers, the metrics, production, all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, it, it gets really fun really quick. And, you know, the biggest piece of advice, if you're going to go down this path, make sure you have a CFO, a fractional CFO. Don't, don't tell these guys, you got to think about your selling your business and your business is all based on EBITDA. So that's the, that's the other thing. Don't buy an asset if it's not producing income. Like real estate, they hate real estate. Um, if you buy a machine, make sure you kick it on and you're generating income out of it. That's good. That's really, really good advice. Have you, um, what have you learned since taking on the, 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 the partner? They, they fully understand how much it takes to scale, right? We, we all think we can scale and we all think we can be the next Elon Musk and, and build the, the car factory out of the, the ground. But I'm sure he had some really powerful help to scale and they, they bring a lot of resources and honestly get, you got to talk about divorce before you get married. What does it look like when things go bad? That, that was a real tough conversation that we had point blank. When are you going to be so pissed? You want to fire me? And when am I going to be so pissed that I'm just going to walk out the door? <laughs> that is 
such an important topic, whether you're taking on an investor or not, if you are starting a business and you have a partner, like that is a critical conversation, Chad. And I'm really glad that you said that because that I think a lot of people, you start a business and or you start a partnership and you think this is going to be great forever, right? Because it's great in the beginning. And we all know it gets tough because business is stressful and it's that that's a really great conversation and as soon as you start throwing money into the mix everybody gets uh, offended because everybody views money different ways and and they take things personally that they probably shouldn't and yeah it gets muddy really quick and and for anybody out there who's starting a business and you know like oh my best friend uh, from college, we're going to start the, like, you're probably not going to be best friends by the time it's over. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. Well, Chad, we need to start wrapping up. Um, and we're going to like, for our listeners who are, you know, interested, um, the dog food is amazing. As you heard earlier, Corey ate some of it and Chad, I know your brother did an experiment like all of January, 2021, right? All he did was eat dog food or was it 2020? Yeah. 2020, 30 days of dog food. Yeah, 30 days of dog food. So this dog food is good. Um, you can you can buy it at MunsterMilling.com. And that's actually, the link to it is in our show card. So you can head over there to find it. And uh, Chad, we got to get you back on the podcast so we can talk more about private equity and tell some more fun stories. Awesome. I look forward to it, guys. Yep. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. And again, uh, check out MonsterMilling.com. Great dog food. It's all, you know, handmade, not handmade, but it's, it's, you can create your own style and all that type of stuff. Good stuff. So check that out. And we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back to talk about gambling. Yeah. Well, we hope that you enjoyed that replay of our interview on Defeat the Chaos. And you can check out all of our live shows on Defeat the Chaos. It's on the Voice America Business Channel every Thursday at 9 a.m. And be sure to check out our other podcasts on BizQuick Podcast. We release those every Tuesday and Thursday. Julie, you got anything else? I do not. Thanks for tuning in.